0: Okay guys, so welcome back to the Talking Fit Podcast. We are here today talking to Mr. Gavin Atore, and we're gonna be talking about the impact that his being a father has had on his training life because let's be honest, next to divorce, kids are the most stressful thing in the
1: world, aren't they, Gavin? <laughs> just a little bit. Good good stress and bad stress sometimes, but mainly good.
0: Yeah. So I mean, first things first, Gav, just introduce yourself to the audience. Give us a little
1: background, sorry. Oh,
0: good God, okay. Um, where do you want me to start? Just, Just right at the beginning. How did you get into the Jesus industry? Christ,
1: what drives done. you? You know the whole shebang. Oh, here we go. Back okay. when you were using vipers, I must substantially yeah, still. jacked. Yeah, you don't know that. <laughs> um, that was is a good. That was a good way into the to what I do today, and it's everything I've done has driven me to where I go now. I've, I've learned along the way. Like obviously, like anybody that starts with training, they start initially with a sport. Guys, it's not sports, sports. that might be rugby or Gaelic football. You see, I got the Irish pie um for, uh, me it was, boxer. <laughs> <laughs> for me it was football so i used to play football i wasn't the best on the team i was a chubby little kid so i was one of the slowest but i was i was pretty tidy. i was a striker so i was pretty tired of fin- finishing and the uh, first touch was okay and all that type of stuff but i wasn't that the that high-end player that that could have been yeah so from there it was like okay so i'm not going to play football i uh i got into other businesses first one was like 18, 19, but my passion was always fitness. I, I got myself uh, to lose weight on my own. And I thought, well, if I can do that on my own, and I actually learn how to do it properly. Well, I can help other people that may want to go into sports or actually want to lose weight. So your initial thought for me is like, and when I speak to other people, like I travel teaching, and, and stuff now, it's like, yeah, I've got in the industry. I wanted to, I wanted to train celebrities. I want to train athletes. And, and that's, that was my initial thought. I want to train football players. I love football. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then you, you have a harsh reality when you leave. your when I when I did my qualifications, I left the qualifications, and it's like, fuck. Can I can I swear? Oh, you can definitely yeah. swear. We like, swear all the fucking time. I was like, fuck. How do I get clients? I don't, know, <laughs> I don't know how to get clients and actually train people. I hope all these football players know that I can train them. Do you know what I mean? People don't just come up and ask you. Yeah, exactly. As you I heard You're a personal trainer. You can get me jacked. So, so that that was my first step in, and I then went into. Your normal health club, know normal health clubs and started training people and I started in the health club training, the clean treadmills and do, doing the, the usual stuff and just build it from there. Look um, like, again, it, it's I look at it as luck at, at the beginning where I went, I, I thought I need to study on how the body actually moves. And I got led down a path where I went to study in the States with um, a guy called Gary Gray. And we looked at whole body chain reaction biomechanics when happen what should happen when the body moves in, in space. Yeah. So he, t- he taught us how to assess bone movement within three planes of motion, all that type of jazz, which led me on to working with Viber. Uh, my thoughts on teaching it were initially to, to give them that aspect on it. Not so much dancing around with a tube and like things you see right now is how, yeah. do, how do you apply that with real strength training because there's a difference you know, there's. I look at movement, free flowing movement, and then you've got training, training room style stuff, which yeah. is prep for sport. I guess a general prep for sport. If you look at um, weight training stuff, it's not s- technically sport specific. Sport specific is on the field actions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I completely agree. I mean, I've I've been following
0: um, you know John Wellborn stuff, the mm-hmm. Power Athlete Radio yeah. stuff. Um, and the big thing that they always talk about is the fact that ultimately all you're doing in the weight room is using resistance to challenge posture, position, and power output. Mm. There's nothing sport-specific about right. squatting with a barbell, but can you come up with something else that's going to translate over yeah. to the actual sport-specific application of, I am doing this skill.
1: Exactly. So that's, and exactly. So that's, that's where I, I saw the Viber tie in a little bit where you did have a little bit more freedom of movement and you could apply a little bit of load. And then you look at like velocities that you apply into that, when you move, how fast you're going to move with it and all that type of stuff. You didn't get into too much mathematics and all that type of stuff with it. But mainly for me, it was looking at the joint mechanics on what the body should be doing in a specific range of motion and how we can safely load it as close as we can to the movements they're going to put on the field. And then does that improve the field motion? Yeah. And that's how I wanted to teach it. From there, I moved away from that stuff and, I was heavily influenced by Charles, uh, Charles Poliquin, um, initially doing his bio and, um, PICP one and two. Mm. And initially that, that was my, I was always like, well, I kept an eye on it because again, what was my first thoughts getting in the industry is like, I got to train athletes, right? I wanted to train athletes. Yeah. no one is training more athletes than Charles Poliquin. It's mad. Yeah. And, and like, so I thought, okay, well, that's, that's a good cert to start looking at because even now that that cert, you only get certified, especially the higher levels is from apl- actually applying the information. Yeah. And especially like level three, level four, five, you have to apply it with athletes. You have to send your programming in, and like the, the head coaches assess your programs. You have to send an email off from the certification uh, of the body of the um, the governing body of the sport you've helped coach. They send an email saying, "Yep, yeah, so and so coach this athlete to the." Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. It's, yeah. And that's the only like cert that I know that that does that type of stuff. So that, that was one reason why I went into it. I didn't ever think I would get a cert that I did, but I was like, until you start applying it and then getting good results then you start to get recognized for what you do, and then you, you can get other people come in. So regardless if it's gonna be athletes or not the same fat loss and strength and all that stuff, you get results people have yeah. come. so. Who,
2: um, what What stage are you at
1: there? Are you level four or level five? I got a level five last year. That's world champion. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so that's, that's the level five is the, the highest cert they, they give, it's, um you like train people to an uh, Olympic medal, or the highest level of the sport that your athlete can achieve. Yeah. So in my case, it was world championship boxing. Mm. So yeah, that was.
0: And was that Lee or was that yeah, Sean? Lee.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sean's another one we have. So Lee's retired now. Um, Sean, he's just left Team GB. Um, a couple of years ago, he signed with um, MTK Global, the management company. He's, he's, I think, he's like six fights in now to his pro. He had fight the weekend, didn't he? Or is it this weekend? Is this weekend coming? Um, unfortunately, I can't make the fight. Devastated. But um he's doing really well, like really well. He's he's the epitome of like what I expected from an athlete when I first started about it. Yeah. He shows up, like he takes everything on board, he wants to learn anything you say, he's like, if that gives me one percent, I'm gonna do it. And and that's the thing that I because
0: I've been fortunate enough to work with um a couple of relatively high level athletes like Spencer mm-hmm. and <laughs> You sort of have this idea that just because they're athletes and consider themselves to be competitive athletes that they're going to be, you know, that 1% individual, that person who really gives a a shit about the minutiae and the person who's going to be really committed, that's never going to be late, that's always going to turn up on time, that's always going to give 100%. And that is not the vast majority of athletes because they've gotten to where they have by being genetically gifted, not because, you know. In spite. Well, yeah. In spite of that. Mm. Yeah. And that's... It's so funny you mentioned that, just because like, we, we were talking about this um, on a couple of episodes ago, how like, everyone seems to come into the industry with the thought of either, I'm going to train these athletes, like, they're going to know about me, yeah. and you know the mountain's going to come to Muhammad, or they're going to be in a situation where you're going, I'm going to lift weights, train hot chicks, and get paid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's just not how it works. Unless, no, like, like, any, like, like, I know you guys are doing a great job with this podcast, and you're going to start getting other trainer's listening to this, so like, just from the outset, realise how long this, this shit takes. Oh yeah, it's like
2: we are not young men anymore. In that grand scheme of things, like we are not 21 anymore, and it took us this long to actually start to earn money from it. Yeah, what are you 28 or 29? 28. 28, 31, and 30, 42. 38 This. Year. <laughs> 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 I know I'm going grave right
1: now. Like I'm 38 this year. I came to the industry when I was 22. Like, and now I like I'm training athletes now. I'm I've obviously got my own business now and own company that we're trying to move forward and push and do, do good things with but it takes time like, It's the it, amazing you know, part but it'll only take
0: you 16 years to get where you want to be in this industry yeah, but, it is that grind like, but that's the thing it's just like you know chop word carry water mm. rich enlightenment still chop
1: word carry water like, mm. just keep doing the basics again, and, like, again I mean, and again it's basics like you, you get all these like business mentors now that are talking about business or fitness professionals and like the one person I don't read really, I haven't read all of his books but some of the, the YouTube clips you see and like Instagram you follow him on Instagram like Gary Vaynerchuk the one thing he always puts out is it's fucking hard mm. you work you work and work and that's when the the good shit comes like if you don't work hard you're gonna have it. Simple. Yeah,
0: it's just grind and sacrifice but it's the exact same thing as training like it's progressive overload yeah. like I I always think I always think like when I look back at like I thought that I worked hard when I was in my 20s mm. and like my early 20s now that like you know I've been in fully self-employed for nearly five, like, four or five years now, I just think, Jesus Christ, I did not know what hard work was. Like, when people say, oh, God, I had such a long 12-hour shift, I'm like, fucking hell, I remember my first part-time job. <laughs> 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 Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, start at six, leave the gym at fucking 9.30 at night. And it's, and it's the emotional stress of also, like, dealing with other people's problems, because, like, something Sam said to me, like, week one of starting here, is that, like, when, when personal trainers get clients... They need to understand that it's like their client is coming to Disneyland. Yeah. Like they don't give a fuck about your problems. If they go to a restaurant and get a yeah. um, and get a bad meal, they don't care that the chef's dog just died. Yeah, like they they're want. They're paying for a meal, yeah. A service. They're paying for a service, and that's the thing. Like you've got to be like Johnny on the spot, like yeah. all the time.
1: And that's exactly, and that's what the industry is. Is you, you need to be there to help people, and that's what we got into it for as well. Like, yeah, and then, I, I see athletes, and I wanted to help people as well. This initially, like nine times out of ten, you ask people why they got in there, it's, it's not for money. Cause we're not making lots of money now in the real grand scheme of things we I'm making huge amounts of money and it's it's mainly for people and so so based off the athletes another thing was to help people um, from Viber and all that stuff I traveled yeah. the world and started teaching other coaches in different countries and, and eventually with kids I was like no, I can't keep traveling to the extent I was I was literally in Asia every every month like one to two weeks on there, and then I come back for two weeks. I travel back, and it was Man, after so eight, eighteen months or two years, I was like, no. So I, I was thinking about stuff. I th- thought I came back, and I knew Sam. I, I was I taught Sam when I, uh, a course years ago. We knew I knew him before that anyway, and I knew we were on pretty much the same wavelength with um, our path for like strength training and like the type of results we want to get for people. Yeah. So I came and I spoke to Sam. I said, "Look, I've got th- I've had this idea for a few years about." one training athletes in an environment where like I, I was uh, coaching Newport County uh, for the SNC and we had 24 football players in a room and we were training them with like three squat racks in, in a commercial gym. I thought, well, if I had my own facility, this would be much easier. I thought, well, well, Gempop could potentially have a good community that train, that you could train them hard. If it's a good group environment, you've got good coaches teaching good technique with good programming. So I, I chatted to Sam about it and we came and I said, look, this, this idea is like what we have now is body comp, where it's a larger group, uh, yeah. for training, for, uh, thing. And I, I had in my head as well, semi-private training, so smaller, smaller group, uh, four to six people, the larger group was like 12 to 16. And we'd, we've obviously molded it into a different, um, thing along the way based on how we, have how the clients respond to it, uh, what type of goals we're looking for. So now semi-private is. On into like more fat loss oriented is body transformation is more like muscle uh, for people that need to put on muscle mass, so the, the techniques are different, the, the weekly split is different. So we can actually put people into different packages where they actually need to get the results for those things, you know. Yeah, so the so based on that, now I just need to be at home a little bit more often with the kids, and so that's that's me. I've we've got this company now, we're trying to drive it forward and, and give good service to the clients as well. That's the main thing and get results for them. And that's the thing, like, the
0: clients ultimately have to be the first priority always, but I think, especially in the way that you guys have divided up your services now, um, so basically for the people who are listening to this that don't know, so Gavin is one of the owners of SOS Athletic Excellence in conjunction with Rebecca Edwards and um, Sam O'Sullivan, that's the SOS, um, and it's the gym that Greg and I both work out of in, with Kane, and um, so when your services are divided up, what I really like about it is the fact that it creates enough individual flexibility that it can suit multiple people, regardless of not just price point, but also lifestyle. Like it's one of the few places where I've seen people offer this level of programming service, this level of um, accountability service, and also progress tracking service, where you've got such a broad variety of people, where we've got, you know, really high-flying businessmen and women, solicitors, and nurses. Yep. we have got guys who work on the railroads yep. who have actually made, said to themselves, you know, I want to commit to doing this and you find a way to match, you know, price point and also what is going to fit within the context of their lives. And I yep. think that's something that you provide a really good understanding of because you've had to adapt your training so much around so many different variables. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like traveling to Asia the whole time, like flying back and forth in China, like that absolutely wrecked me when I did it. So I can't imagine
1: how what it was like for you, like flying in and out of a different time zone every month. It's tough. Like it, it takes. Like it took its toll on my body for sure. I'm probably still getting over it. I'm flying to Sydney on bloody Friday, but um, it, it does take its toll. So you get there, you, you're shattered. You're thinking, I've got to train, and, and it comes to a point where you have to adapt a lot of your training. Like I was being coached at the time. I was like, Look, I've got to adapt my training routine. I've got to adapt the way you eat as well, because your body clock doesn't know what it's doing, and you know it's, it's things like that. It's just trying to stay within some sort of, um, I don't know, like kind of routine that is similar to home, but you have to adapt it that way when you're on the road. It's, it's weird to to try and do it, but you just do the best you can and just just not hope for the best, but stick to your protein. Like make sure I get my protein in. Yeah, do you I it mean? Sense. It's like yeah. stick to the basics. It's, it's what we translated over to our groups. And if you're struggling, just go back to those first three things that you, you should think of. Make sure I nail this. Okay, let's get it done. So, I mean when you had kids what
0: was the biggest thing that changed because I know because you've got two kids yep Um, when the first one came along what was that real just like oh shit moment I can't like I can't keep training the
1: way that I was um well okay so one thing you know for sure like you I don't need to tell you guys this or anybody listening sleep is going to be fucked yeah now for me like to be fair my wife was an absolute like genius like she would get up she breastfed for the first uh, for Amelia for like eight weeks, I think. Gabriel, my second one, it was even longer. So initially, like initially, I didn't really have to wake up through the night. But obviously, you're a cry, and I'm like, I'm awake. I'm sort of in and out of sleep, and I, and I'm like, she's crying, and it's, you know what I mean. It's like you, are never fully back to sleep. Not as okay. If she, my wife's listening. She, yeah, bullshit. You're <laughs> <laughs> <to be>. but <laughs> you were still calling You not want to call <laughs> She was unbelievable. Like unbelievable. You could see how tired she was. A uh, as a female trying to feed the children and Jeremy you know I mean? Yeah. but it's going to affect, like it affected my training. I just came in and just did what I could do. And, and then I started to look at, right. How can I still stay on a program? What can I do with tweaking variables? How can I still have progressive overload? Like I just put a, a little question on our staff page, like how I tweak my program today based on how I felt coming in, coming in and warming up and, I didn't hit the numbers I thought I was going to do in the warm-up. I was like, right, I've got to adapt it. Because I still I want to still have progressive overload in my 10-inch that I lift. Yeah. So that's one little thing you guys come to look forward to when you finish yeah. this.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when, when you talk about tweaking the program as you go, is that very much a auto-regulatory thing, or do you have a set series of principles? So, for example, if I am X percent off mm-hmm. in my warm-ups, is there a specific thing that you will do, or will that vary from workout to workout? Because, like you said, especially if, you know for the dads and mums out there, yeah. if they they come in, their sleep's been completely compromised.
1: Is there a specific thing that you do? Um, I was okay. So first thing, like if I'm looking at uh, people training, warming up, I'll always look at how well is the warm up going. Is the speed of the bar moving quite well? How do you, how are you energized? So one thing I've said. So when people come in, how's your battery today? I how well is your, your, like your battery charge, not your phone and literally you. So on a percentage, of, like I refer to the battery, I it was a good little analogy that Owen Lacey uh, went through, I heard before, it was fantastic. Like people wake up in the morning, they check their phone, their battery's always full because they put on charge every night. So I, I try and liken that to what people should be when they sleep. They charge, they're charging their battery, right? So if they wake up in the morning and they come into the gym and they go, my battery's like 20%, oh, shit, you shouldn't be training full fall out today. No way. So one, um, I'll give an example. Uh, one of our clients, John, he was going through a rough time at home. He wasn't sleeping. Um, he was trying to do multiple jobs and I was like, okay, John, we need to get you back in cause he wasn't coming on. So I messaged him. Right. Okay. How do we get you back in? I'm struggling with this. Okay. So I, I looked at everything as a whole. So we tweaked the, what he did in the evening, so we can start getting more sleep. And I asked him to start assessing his HRV, which is heart rate variability. You can start assessing assess down on the app. <clears throat> so, based on his HRV, the lower that was, that dictated what I did with his training that day. So, he would come in, okay, John had watched HRV, two, right, stretch, cycle for 20 minutes, go on.
0: So, just, just to clarify, in terms of your HRV, are you talking about you'd say, like, you'd know, let's say, after a week of testing, what the average would be, and yeah. then whether you would be upregulated or
1: down-regulated based on that average, that would then dictate what you'd do with it? Exactly. The- but with him, it was like a daily thing. Cause so it was so flat when he first came in, I was like, I just want to see the peaks and troughs you he was going through. And eventually after three weeks, it was starting to uh, start coming back up, fives, six. Then we started putting in some A series lifts. So like bench press, squat, things like that. Um, so he would do his five, like four or five sets for his main lifts, stretch, cycle. Then the higher the he went, the more he started putting into his program. So that was one, like HRV was one. Um, like for me today, it was based on the warm-up. So it, the way I, I like the the way I had the body comps, I explained it to Sam when I first came in, people track their numbers. So week one, this is your lift. Do you know what I mean? So let's say, for example, you're bench pressing or squatting 100 kilos in week one on your first set. Well, next week, you should be hitting 100 for sure on that first set or a little bit more. You know, we can go into numbers and like loads and stuff on a later date, but typically you'd hit the same or even a little bit more on your first set the week later. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're not feeling good and you're not hitting that number, okay, what well we've got to look at is the program correct for you? Are you getting the right nutrition in? Are you sleeping well? So those are factors that I that I think about when people come in, they start warming up and the way they start to lift and that's why I'm trying to Yeah, and
0: know. it, and that's the thing, I think it's very one of the reasons I wanted to get you on here is just because I think it's very easy for Greg and I who don't have kids and don't have all these external stresses. Like, you know, Greg's married and I don't know sort of what the situation is, like moving towards kids or whether that's timelined. But it's one of those things where like, it's very difficult for me to say to someone, well, here's a few things you can do to sort out your lifestyle with your children when <laughs> I don't fucking have kids, you know what I mean? Um, and I think the especially how SOS has changed culture-wise from like pre your involvement and now you know post and during, it's a lot more holistic. It's yeah. a lot we operate a lot more in sort of grays as opposed to black and white, which I think is you know very yeah, very beneficial. The is, there's
1: so many so many variables that like gem pop. People say they trade gem pop. I'm like nah, I like nah, no, nah, I don't see it. Like you get you get some companies are getting very very good results and they have strict timeframes on stuff. But when you're looking at lot, like for us for me personally, it's like looking at long term. How do we educate our clients to come in? Like for me, it's when they stop asking me questions about nutrition, I'm like, I've done my job. You know what I mean? They, they can, I start to manage stuff on the own. and they don't have to ask as many questions. And they come in, they're warming up, they're doing their own thing and they're getting ready for the workout. I'm like, shit, we're doing a good job. I think people look at
2: mothers and fathers, gen pop, middle of the road clients as the easy clientele. When really, yeah, it's that big, giant gray area that makes it so complex. So when we spoke about variables earlier on, it can be anything from no sleep, Heart rate variability, blood glucose dysregulation—it can be any of these things in fe- affecting everything else outside the gym. while they're not getting results? It's not an athlete. An athlete just get in and do your fucking
1: job. You're getting paid to be here and train. Be here and fucking train. Like Sean, like he can, like my boxer, he can. He has to train three times a day most days. Mm. Like that would literally bury me. <laughs> like I, would, I couldn't like, even imagine. Like you, you need recovery. You need good nutrition. Like you've got to recover. You've got to recover in between sessions mm. to hit that session as hard as you can to improve. Like, and one thing we do is track his numbers on his. For me, I, I use sensors and stuff on his hand straps so I can see how many punches he's doing. I do a lot of testing when I do strength stuff with him, so I know we're hitting the right reps and stuff for him, and or the cycles. Um, the cycles program correctly for what he needs for that phase or whatever. Um, but when it comes to gem pop, it's like there's lots and lots of variables, and that's why. That's why I, I think we've got a great, great bunch of trainers here that can tap in and empathize with like, I know you, you guys haven't got kids and stuff, but you can still empathize with people. You've still got to come to, that, to the level that they're at and, and really try and understand what they're going through. Number one, you don't, like the thing is, you don't judge people with what they eat, you're okay. Well, for me, like it's, for me at, the, at my age, it's not about six packs. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like, i got two kids, they want to have fun, they want to run about and they want to eat ice cream. They want to eat cookies. They want to eat all this type of stuff. But I, for me as a dad, I've got to allow that in. I've got to show them it's fine to eat, but I've got to teach them good, healthy, nutritious food as well. Yeah, and that's I mean. the thing. Like,
0: I, I, well, especially with kids, because they obviously they are they're just little mimics. Yep. At the first, you know, early stages of their lives, they will literally copy what they see, and you're giving them such a good. Um, healthy relationship with food, by yourself having a healthy relationship with food, having a healthy relationship with your body. Like these these are things that are going to fundamentally impact like our next generation. And that's why I think, I mean, it's big blue sky thinking, but I've always looked at the, the fitness industry and how it should be the barrier to entry for the NHS. In the way that the only way that we're really going to deal with obesity, back problems, diabetes, if we, is if we start ingratiating fitness and wellness into our like societal culture as a whole. But that's only going to start with your kids, yeah. my kids, Greg's kids, our kids' kids. Yeah. Like, it's the only way that we're actually going to have a meaningful, impactful change in the way that, like, our species, not just our country, but our species, is just breaking
1: down. Yeah, she's sure. mad. For sure. It's like, it's one thing I try and, like, they're going through, I think my daughter's going through some, like, nutritious stuff in school. They got, like healthy fruits and vegetables and that stuff. And we started in that when she was young. Um, but now she wants, like, she's watching us cook. She's like, oh, can I help you cook? So it's like I'm letting her join in and she's cutting vegetables up. And she, we're starting to do like one of our things is like cooking eggs with toast and asparagus and vegetables and stuff in the morning. So we do that together. So it's like, is this healthy? Yeah, that's fantastic. So like, I said, look, these are vegetables, they give you nutrition. So it's okay to have like little limp balls, like little chocolate balls and stuff. Like we melted them down the other night with dipping strawberries in them. You know what I mean? So it's like, they're getting good stuff. They're mm-hmm. still making it healthy. They're still all bits of chocolate. They're still having, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's bringing it into context. It's bringing the it real world stuff. Like those foods are still nice. Like I, I explained it on a, on one of the things on the weekend. We did a transformation weekend on the weekend. We did a talk for us as well. And like we, someone mentioned good foods and bad foods. I was like, well, let's bring this into, let's bring this into context. What's a good food? What's a bad food? And like bad food is going to be, Like all the processed stuff. I said, well, put it into context. At that time, when you need something that's good and it's going to satisfy your brain, number one, to keep you going a little bit longer, that's a good food at that time. Yeah, exactly. It's all contextual. Because broccoli isn't going to fucking do it. You know what I mean? There's only so much broccoli you can eat in a day. So the first thing we say to our clients is protein, vegetables, yes. But at some point along that path where they're going to start to falter a little bit or need that little bit of a, mental break is, can you factor that in? Of course you can. I mean, that's at that point, that's a good food. So that's the way I try and and do it. And now you've got to break that down into the vegetables are more good foods for satisfying and like satiation or what I can't even pronounce it. i just finished training, but satiating foods, right? Vegetables do that. Protein do that. Uh, chocolate bars, all that type of stuff. They're quicker digesting. So they're less satiating. That's all I look at, which is going to keep you going for longer, and when you need those type of things.
0: Yeah, and it's just it's simple bang for your buck stuff. I
1: mean, yeah. and that's why I think,
0: especially uh, we we're talking about the education piece. It's also like managing someone's expectations because I think a lot of people come into the industry with mismatched goals in relation to what they can actually achieve, yeah. considering their lifestyle, yeah. um, but also just the fact that they are at the start of their journey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, like. You were talking about how you are trying to educate all your clients, and there's something that you and I have spoken about at like a great length, about how the industry is broken in the way that people keep bouncing from trainer to trainer to trainer, when it needs to be a case of, are you educating your clients so they don't need you again? Yep. They may want you, and if they want to pay to keep having you in their life because of the positive impact that you provided to them, then that means you've given them a value that has extended far beyond just your service as a coach. Yep. It's your ability to support them and be in their corner, and that's awesome. But then they're gonna say, I've got this friend, and Mary's really fucked up with food. Can she come and see you? Yes.
2: Exactly.
0: And that's the thing. Like people think that um, educating your clients is uh, is a bad business model. And, like, yeah, if you're a solicitor, then you don't want a client that they can represent themselves. But yeah. like our industry is broken because the client is unfortunately usually always wrong, and it's making sure that we can educate them to the point where they can start making much better decisions with their with their life overall. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, how many hours do, this budget, do our clients spend with us a week? Like at most,
1: maybe five. It's like it's not a lot of time in the week. They've got yeah. plenty of other time in that week to to mess a few things up. But if you if you set some grand rules and basics like like we do, like in, and they are basics. Like myself and Greg shared they were like getting results with, this, with with these basic things we, we shouldn't be in a job much longer like it's, mm. <laughs> it's that basic yeah. yes. I
0: remember I remember watching um, one of Kelly's direct videos where he was like you know what some days I come home from work and I just feel like a con artist like oh Kelly I've got so much back pain sit on this ball it's five con minutes con later pain. Kelly I don't have any back pain <laughs> well there you go <laughs> like, <he's laughs> up, so he comes home tells his wife and she's like oh my god you're the biggest con artist in the world yeah, it cannot yeah, be that easy
2: the
0: but the thing, like when um Keras' results have been absolutely amazing, and all you literally said to her was, "Get this many grams of protein in, go, and stick to it. I'll check in with you each night.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that is all. And you do you feel like it's mad? You do feel like a con artist sometimes because it's almost that simple that we're trying to come up with content to put online for people to help, and you're like, (laughs)
1: like,
0: I don't really have it. (laughs) (laughs) Like like, we're going to talk about calories. (laughs) Again, <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm going to talk about protein. Again. Like. There's only so many ways you can say it, right? Mm. And it's, yeah. it's the basics of the basics. But what of I think people need, they need people to hold them accountable. So what, one of the things like, when oh, we're looking at the group training, it's like, well, they're going to need group training nutrition and what's one of the one of the most popular dieting companies in the world is going to be Slimming World Weight Watchers and they just hold accountability. So people go out, they, they weigh and all that stuff in front of people. So... I thought, okay, well, let's keep that more private. So we do in bodies here where we weigh people and we we make sure they're on track, but that's information for us. But then I want them to send circumference measurements, pictures, as much information for us as trainers as possible, but not in a group in privately to your trainer. So I I thought, well, okay, that's, that's a good way we can do that. But then I want to, like we do with our Facebook groups is let's get people conversing with other people. Let's get people show, like show the people you're all on the same journey. So you can share ideas, share the, the fact that you're, you're just normal. Like, this is normal. Like, what you're going through is normal, and we're here to help you, Jeremy. You know I mean? Yeah, I mean, people think that, you know,
0: as much as it may sound really airy-fairy, that we're building communities in our own individual, so sort of like Facebook pages and whatever. It's why the crossmit model has become so successful, because if you're looking for cutting-edge... Gucci nutrition and training. CrossFit ain't for you. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. It's it's a simple clusterfuck of exercises that you know. Obviously, there's a very sliding scale. There are yeah. appalling yeah. CrossFit coaches and very very good CrossFit yeah, coaches. Sure. As as with anything, but uh, the value in what CrossFit has bought, other than more people are handling barbells, is the community. Yeah. It's people mm-hmm. going, "Hey, I give actively give a shit about this." Yeah. And the same thing with Stilling World. Like the minute you actually have to get up in front of someone and you know gamify whether you've lost five pounds this
1: week or not. Exactly. Like, you
0: actively give a shit.
1: Exactly. It's, that's why, I th- again, that's why in a private... So you, you do that in front of people, they feel, like, negative about it. They feel guilty as well because they haven't lost a pound in weight. When well, we know that could be something totally different. So if you're weighing that every week, especially as a female, we know that as a female yeah. something's going to happen. It, like, the weeks are going to be different. Hormones are going to change, all that type of jazz. But that's why we we as coaches educate them and what's going to happen every month instead of every week we're going to weigh you every month because every month is just more it's still as consistent but going back to the community thing is exactly why I said the Sam look you need to work in groups because groups create community people train harder in groups like we had a a bro day in the in the gym an arms day you know, all the boys train arms together Jesus I lifted more with a group than I would on my own yeah definitely like so I said to Dean the other day one of the one the guys on reception he trains in the body transformation groups and like who do you show up for in the body transformation class? Do you show up to train on your own? He's like no I train myself as my training partner but that's what I want because hmm. like, they're going to spot each other they're going to make sure there's 2.5 kilos extra on the bar do you know what I mean? It's, that's what I wanted to create a good facility that requires hard training good fun good community good yeah. group of people and yeah. I think that's something you guys, enter, you guys have got like down is the fact
0: that Someone comes in and sees, well, let's say, like the same private groups or the body transformation groups going on. Yeah. And it's not a case of Dean and Salvo a dick measuring. It's the yeah. fact that they won't let the other person wuss out.
1: Yeah,
0: for sure. It's just a case of, like, you know, you can be better than that. It's not Dean trying to beat Salvo, and it's not Salvo trying to beat Dean. It's them trying to get the best
1: out of one another. Each and around. that, yeah, exactly. And that comes across, like, bang from the get go. Yeah, but it's even, like, take males away from it, females again, it now as well. Oh, yeah. Semi-program groups like Well you,
2: you look at some of the groups here, people are organising piss-ups without us. Yeah. That never happened to you. I don't know that. People are going out, groups of people are going out from our gym on the piss without telling us. That
1: never happened. Like Aaron, he's <laughs> kind of like, you can't see this, but his head's gone red. I've been on nice. the drink for two days. <laughs> <It's> ready, <laughs> Getting yeah. ready for the photo issue. you your photo shoot ready already.
0: Two days actually, Honest, so <laughs> So I started a like group chat between all the people who were going to be doing the um, the photo shoot, and of course I was a douche and called it Ready Shreddy Go. Oh god! And the minute I saw Alan Edwards has joined the group, I just felt my heart fucking sink. I, I was like, he, I was like, he's three weeks out already. I <laughs> have pulled out. I called <laughs> <laughs> the Hammy Boys. I'm going. clutch my biceps like, oh god! I pulled the quad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm out. I'm
2: taller than everyone. That's my go-to move now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, amazing. Um, so, I mean, in terms of like managing your own personal nutrition, because this is something I just literally just thought about. You're, you're you're trying to educate your kids in terms of what is good, healthy eating. But one of the most common things that I hear from, um, par- from my clients, the parents, mm-hmm. is the fact that they end up eating what the kids are eating mm-hmm. when they're on the go. How did you manage to like? Was there a point where you were getting caught up like, by this or were you just like from the get-go just like, no, my kids are going to know exactly what good nutrition is and I'm not going to be
1: swayed like, by like other parents? No, like sometimes I'll come home and like my wife's put a pizza in the oven for them and they're like, like, my daughter will have pizza before she goes to gymnastics or something. Like they go to, they, to be fair, they do a lot in a the week. They both go to gymnastics. They both do swimming lessons. Do you know what I mean? They're, they're always active. Um, my daughter goes to Brownies at the moment so she's doing stuff. She's act, she's active every, like, every night, do you know what I mean? Um, some nights they'll have pasta Some nights they have pizza Some nights they have a roast dinner and then, Do you know what I mean? There's, o- there's always vegetables going on um, So it, it was a case of Like, to be fair I, they, I don't tell many people This, cause it's, but I learned this from Charles And it was a thing When, when I look back, I said, should I have done it or not? But then I'll give you the, the full story on it So Charles, this is a
0: That's all good political stories start Should I be
1: telling people that <laughs> <it is>? So <laughs> Charles shared his story on how he got his daughter to take fish oil. And I took, I thought, fuck, that's a good idea. It's like, I was it home one day? And I was like, I thought I'll fucking try this. So I had the little fish oil caps. Now we, with the, with my daughter, it was like a higher DHA one. So kids, brain, brain function. So I was like, right, Beth, go with me on this. So he's like, where are you going? I said, just watch. I was like, Amelia, come in the kitchen. I mean, and at the time we had the fridge in the kitchen. So like I pierced the, this cap of fish oil. And I squirt it on with a little teaspoon. So it's only one, like one cat, one gram. Um, so I'm like, Do you want to be strong like daddy? And she's like, Yeah. I said, Watch this. So I take the fish oil on the spoon, I put it in my mouth, and I drink it, and I just whack my wife into the fridge. <laughs> 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 so she's like, What the fuck, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, Do you want to be strong like daddy? Do you want some? She's like, Yeah, yeah, So I squirt another <laughs> one on a teaspoon and I give it to my daughter. I said, like, Push daddy. So she fucking pushes me like this. I Flew on the floor I'm like, oh my god! So strong. <laughs> and like every day, it's like wake up in the morning, fish oil, teaspoon, and the game was like push mummy and daddy on the sofa. Mm. So goes time goes on. Like she's she's at the time I was doing like protein and fats for breakfast or meat and nuts breakfast at the mm-hmm. time I was following Charles's stuff. So to be honest, I enjoy meat and some fats for breakfast now and, and still I find it helps me a little bit better than. I' still have talks now to get for breakfast, but at the time I was doing that, so she would get up in the morning have some burgers with me and berries and vegetables and nuts and stuff. Um, and then we started getting reports back from school, like her reading was unbelievable. Like really, really good. Now, by the time she went through reception, she went through a year one, year two, her reading age was the same as what it should be when they go to high school. That's unreal. So I'm like, now, I'm not saying it was the fish oil or the food intake, but I'm saying that wasn't expected. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And
0: that's the thing. As with, as with all things, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. Like, it's going to be a collection of all the different factors. But, like, there are lots of kids who get read to by their parents mm-hmm. who don't have that level
1: of reading age. You know but what I mean? it was... Now, granted, my wife used to read to her every night as well. Just read her story. So she was watching books and reading. Like, obviously not reading the story itself, but... That was sounding great. Now she's reading like she's eight. She's reading Harry Potter books. Do you know what I mean the the level of skill in understanding words and reading words is higher than normal. So Greg can barely do that now. Yeah. <laughs> well, everything's in video form. <laughs> you can turn the subtitles off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like from a young age there was always that. Like, it wasn't heavy like fish oil. Like it was just one gram a day. Basic stuff. So stick to the basics like we taught, We teach our clients, good vegetables, protein. There it wasn't 200 grams of protein for my daughter, it was only a small amount. Mm. So I used to go off um, precision nutrition palm sizes. So the size of her hand was the type of meal size that I would give her. You know, wasn't, I wasn't counting calories for my daughter and all that shit, it was just like, eat food. Do you know what I mean? When, like kids will self-regulate. When they fall, they'll stop. Daddy, can I say finished? Yep, if you fall, no problem at all. Kids aren't stupid like adults. No, like, we'll keep going if there's a donut on that plate. We'll uh, the meal
0: isn't over when I'm done. The meal is over when I hate myself. <laughs> but it's the whole thing. Like I remember being like, um, being told by my parents, like, think of those starving kids in Africa. It's like now I look back in it, and if someone says to me, you know, oh, well, what are those starving kids in Africa? I'm like, fuck them. Like I'm, I'm, like, I'm done. You know, like, like I'm done like I I'm done I knew this
1: podcast was to the bone <laughs> yeah,
0: no but I'm just like you, you should never have a, a guilty association yeah. with not wanting to finish your food yeah. like there were so many people like I know that we dealt with here they're just like oh I feel like I always need to finish my plate it's like well if you can't finish what's on your plate then you fucked up in your portion sizes yeah. it's like having that level of like education and self control and I think it's really cool that you started instilling that in your daughter from such a young age
1: A game though, my wife spends—I can't take all the credit. My wife spends a lot more time with my kids than me, especially when I was traveling at the time, and even now being here from bloody half five in the morning until god knows what time in the afternoon. Some days it's like she she does more of the um, parenting than me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I can't take all the credit for that. She does a lot of
2: that. Of course. And one of the questions I wanted to ask was in terms of so you've been in this game for 16 years now. Uh, What kind of evolution or the evolution of clients have you seen? So what problems have creeped up or are more prevalent now than they were? Maybe through your education that you see it more Mm. or the fact that they're actually getting worse. What issues do
1: you see with clients now? The main thing, like, obviously, overweight, a lot of um, people carrying excess body fat all that type of stuff is always going to be there in my opinion. Um, If you look at the, the trends in studies and stuff, it's not getting better. That's where we, I think we as coaches need to, Again, I come back to the education part, we need to educate clients on that. Um, back pain and stuff is always gonna be there. So when I when I look at it as a, a, a general thing, it's like there's so much shit going around, like the best diet, the best food for fat loss, all this type of bullshit. That's what I see constantly, and it's, it's dri- it drives me nuts. Um, that's the, the one thing that I've seen develop in the industry a lot. It's just so much bullshit. Do you know what I mean? It's like people trying to, especially nowadays is like make money over products Uh, more than anything instead of sticking to basics this is a fat loss thing and do you know what I mean it's like that's that's what's coming around more and more and more well it's a social media um,
0: impact on the supplementing market you know what I mean like when you've got that whole like I'm really hot and I also drink fit tea and that's what and then they make Millions selling all this shit that doesn't actually do anything because they haven't taken the time to learn how to you know eat properly. Yep. Fuck! I wish I was hot. Just sell oh, shit. Man, I keep talking about this the whole time. Instagram would be so much easier to win if
1: I was a hot yeah, chick. Like, just, just honest yeah. to god. So this, like, again, social media in the fitness industry is getting bigger. It's getting better, I think. Now, I think
2: it's starting. To, like you were talking about before, it's starting to police itself a little bit. Yeah. So some of the big hitters out there are really calling out the shite bags.
1: There, there are like mm. one like one dude I, I met him from Polygon Group. Luke Lehman's doing some really good stuff. Like he's he's calling people out when they're chatting shit. Like his business guys, he's calling out that's screwed him over. Like he's he's getting it, Like people are fed up a bit and they're, they're starting to, to get on top of you know.
0: <laughs> so Martin McDonald um, <laughs> liked and left like a thumbs up emoji on one of my on one of my posts, but I didn't see that. All I saw was Martin McDonald has commented on your um, on your Instagram post and I fucking shat
1: myself. Because <laughs> I, I,
0: I was literally like, oh God, this is how my career ends. Because <laughs> he he will he, he stands for no bullshit. It's like he will just call everyone out. Now like, whether that's your flavour or not, yeah. like ultimately we are in an un- unregulated industry, so
1: people like him are a necessary evil. Yeah. Um, but when he when but, you, oh okay, my god boil it back, out. <laughs> boil it, you'll call it out but when you boil it back down and like i heard a podcast with him debating with uh, a professor on there about obesity and insulin and carbs and all that yeah. type of stuff and to be fair he was quite respectful he in was life, quite okay. subdued
2: that was the Sigma Nutrition wasn't it yeah. with
1: what was your Nox. man's name again Nooks Tim Nooks was it it
2: was yeah. it was Tim Nooks and he was quite subdued I expected him I was actually a little bit disappointed with him I thought he let Tim Noakes speak for most of in three quarters of the podcast, yeah. and I just thought, no, don't let him fucking away, with it. and he did. I thought he let him off with it.
1: Yeah, but it, it, but then I thought, okay, he's a professor. He's he's letting put his side across, and all he's all you've got to do is say, look, there's research to say that there's other ways to do it. Yeah, and I think that's a good a good way to come across because initially when I first heard him on a McDonald there weren't good things being talked about him and he was he calls people out he says this he says that and I'm like like you boys know me I'm like I don't talk shit about anyone I, I keep myself to myself I do my job and I, I, I do my best for my clients I don't go down that route yeah and then when I started to read more stuff about him and I listened to him a little bit more and then, especially when I heard that podcast I was like, okay you know, like he, he knows his stuff. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, like talking to James. Um, cause, so James McCarthy,
0: who uh, is going to be on our next episode, which is going to be about vegans and vegetarianisms and what it, what the science actually says about whether it's healthy or not, um, he just he's graduated from the Mac University course, and it was just unreal. Mm-hmm. Like the level of depth they've gone into for what is essentially like you know a civilian course. It's not a doctorate program. It mm-hmm. doesn't require any sort of base level of entry knowledge it's just right here are the fundamentals and we're going to build you up over this period of time like it, I think it's fantastic yeah. um, but I, I think yeah there are a lot of people who are sort of clashing within the industry at the moment but I think the fact that we're just having these conversations like the more disagreements we're having is just going to be a product of the fact that we're having more conversations and that's the only way the industry is going to evolve just like the, more often, okay look at the
1: look at the thing that when I, when I speak like Sam and Bex like in the, in the office we have disagreements on stuff and we want to Basically, the main goal is to help move the company forward, right? Yeah. Now, with the staff we have here now, like Greg, Kane, yourself, all the boys we have here, we haven't got any, no, it's only Bex as a female, we are looking at the females, we're not being sexist, right? But Bex is enough heart th- for one place. <laughs> 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 Don't say that on me, she got to that Oh, she knows won't, she loves it. But if you look at everybody in this place now, tell me someone with a big ego
0: we've said this so many times so got, like the best thing about working here is the fact that there is no competition like there's only a competition in the way that if I'm sat down watching the TV I know that Greg is reading something on endocrinology yeah. he's doing something and it's the fact that I never want to come into work and feel like the worst PT or the smartest PT because yeah. if you're either then you need to go find somewhere else or you need to have a reality check
1: like in the, way, in the weight room it's good because ch- like what are you lifting okay. okay let's drive each other and let's 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 share ideas on programming. Like that's that's what it's about: sharing stuff, looking at research studies on calories and aspartame and what what Do you know what I mean? I sent you one on B one. We were talking about uh, micronutrition. Yeah. Idea. So, I had a I had a study I was looking at. I sent you one on B one. Hmm. Like it's like it's sharing stuff like that. It's, it's no like oh you're wrong and you're bullshit. And do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Okay, let's let's look at it. How can we use it? And that's what I like about what we've created. You know. Like I like I think I said it before. It's like I want to be better than you guys. Not
2: so I can rub it in your face. It's because you guys are good, so I want to be better than you guys. That's the kind of competitive we competitiveness we have here, which is a lovely environment to be involved in. Yeah, because it drives you without putting pressure on you.
0: Yeah, yeah. and it's mm. I think it's also because we all nerd out on very very different things. Yeah, like I don't like I I don't get my jollies over micronutrition. I know it's really really important, but. I love watching biomechanics videos. I love that kind of stuff. Like, how can I get someone from A to B in a movement pattern as smoothly as possible? Like, that is the stuff that just gets me going. Like, I love that. Whereas, you know, like Greg has said multiple times, like, how does he teach a squat versus how I teach a squat? It's completely different. Greg is like, bar on your back? Good. Feel like you want to die? Good. Sit down. Good. Sit
2: down and stand up.
0: Stand up? Did you die? No? Good. Do it again. <laughs> that doesn't look right. I'm going to get Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But like the amount of times that we'll just be on the gym floor and I'll go to Greg and ask something or to Kane and ask something or they'll ask me something and it's just this really nice constant like flow of information. Like I learn more by growing out on the gym floor with all of you than I do by just sitting down and listening to a podcast. Mm -hmm. Because you've got, rather than just sitting down and being condensed for one hour in that podcast, I'm talking to everyone. Mm -hmm. You've got like that constant conversation going. Mm -hmm. So I mean... (sighs) Uh, that's kind of all the questions that we've got,
2: really. I have loads more, but we are running out of time. We might have to get him on for a second episode at some stage. To Once he's come just, back from Australia. Just to discuss shows. his professional continual education or what he's doing with Poliquan Group at the moment. So a little bit beyond maybe SOS and that kind of thing. Yeah. And um, The stuff he's learned over his 16
0: years in the business and we'll try and pick his brain again. Yeah. We're pushing on the hour really right now. so Yeah, so we'll kind of wrap it up here. But I, w- w- I would definitely like to get you back on another point. Too. So especially to talk about how you've seen the... Um, the polkin group evolve in yeah. the sort of pre and post charles era because i think yeah. that's that's fascinating it's it's going to be talking about. yeah because yeah. like the the developments that they're making now is
1: something i'm very excited to be a part of it's, it's it's gonna be some good stuff coming um i can share more details on that when when it ha- like the 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 owner of the company is gonna gonna announce stuff when it happens all that stuff so i leave that to them and then i'm just happy to be part of it all and be along for the ride and do my best job for them and yeah
0: first well, thing I think in terms of like the level of progressive change that an institution that is as sort of, like ingrained in the strength and conditioning community mm-hmm. as a Pon group is like, the changes that they're making are just so substantial mm-hmm. it's unreal like even in the like short time that I've been affiliated with them like I, I, as a as a as a, um, a body of professionals and a body of knowledge it's chalk and cheese to how it was four years ago to how it is now yeah it's, it's amazing, amazing. it's different yeah. But I mean, so guys, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions for Gavin for the next time we get him on, please just send them our way. As always, you can follow us and All Things Talking Fit on all of the socials by clicking on the links below. The one thing we do ask is that you give Gavin a follow. So we're gonna put all his social media details and all of SOS's social media details down in the description box. So you can go down there, follow him, and just give him all the support and check out all the great knowledge that he continues to put out in conjunction with SOS. Um, as always, guys, the only way that we can better for you is if you allow us to be by giving us helpful comments and feedback. So please leave a five-star review. Please leave us questions. Please leave us comments. Let us know how we can be as better service to you because like Gavin said, that's the reason we got into this industry. Yep, for sure. All right, cool. So guys, thanks for listening. This has been the Talking Fit Podcast and we will catch you next week where we talk about vegetarians, vegans and what the science actually says about health. Creaky bum noises.